Glad you're here with us on this day. Maybe you're enjoying some of the weather outside. Maybe you're listening to us in the office, wherever it may be, in the car, work site. We appreciate you being here. Good stuff. Um, the uh, Boy, there's so much to, to kind of latch on to. Uh, the official word came out today. Aaron Rodgers' season has come to an end. Uh, for those that might have just been wondering or waking up or what have you, but uh, the uh, torn Achilles, it was confirmed, the MRI. And it was, uh, I think it's it, – uh, Grant, correct me if I'm wrong. Do you follow Dr. – I think it's Dr. Cho on uh, Twitter? No, but I know the one you're talking about, and I saw some of the clips last night. Yeah, he uh, he was very specific and early saying that, you know, hey, it's – you you know, it's it's on. It's, it's, it's done. Um, one of the things that was interesting – uh, and I saw that Pat McAfee kind of tweeted this out, it, you know, when they said, well, the x-rays were negative on the ankle. Um, McAfee had a point in saying, why are you x-raying the ankle? Why are the reports coming out that they're x-raying the ankle when everybody can see it was something different? That's what led people to believe that maybe maybe there's something to salvage here, you know? that maybe it is an ankle and it's not what everybody believed it is when he went down and we saw the the video, you know, the 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 slow motion popping of the Achilles. And uh if you remember, you get reminiscent of Vinny Testaverde in that year that he went down. I mean, he was in agonizing pain. And when Rodgers just kind of rolled back and looked like, "Hey, I'm I'm hurt." He wasn't wincing. He wasn't screaming. He wasn't rolling around in pain. And as a matter of fact, when he went out of the, came out of the, he kind of walked off the field with a little bit of assistance, and he walked from the cart to the locker room, and then from the locker room he got back on another cart and then got taken all the way back into the area to get the MRI or to get the uh, X-ray. But it's like, well, if he's doing that, well, maybe it's just an ankle. So why go through that whole? systemic thing of saying well you know it's an x-ray and it could be an ankle it was like no you know this on the field you you know it i mean something popped it's done so i don't know why they just didn't say it right away unless they're trying to play cat and mouse in some way with the buffalo bills i i have no idea but uh but the confirmation came down today that yes indeed he suffered the torn achilles 75 seconds into his debut with the New York Jets, and his season has subsequently come to an end. Now the speculation is, will he even be able to come back? At the age of 39, going to be 40 in December. He'll be 41 next season. Uh, that is, for from what I've heard, is in a very intense uh, reclamation of the body to be able to come back and do it, and do it as a young man, much, that, uh, much less at the age of 40 going on to 41. So we'll have to wait and see. Uh, now the question is, what do you do? If you're the Jets, and not that it really has a huge bearing on the Green Bay Packers in any way, shape, or form, but it is one of those circumstances in the NFL um, that did, do they go out and, and get other candidates, or or do they try to, you know, just boost up Zach Wilson? I mean, who else is available to go get? You said you've got a list of candidates out there, right? Oh, my gosh. I have a massive list, Bill. And I have it organized. I have them put into categories and everything. I don't okay. know that there's a name in here that I love, but maybe you tell me. We'll play a little game, and, and you just tell me if any of these starters appeal to you. Okay, Let's do it. Let's do it. So, first, I have a couple of backups that have started before and played well enough. And they're on teams and in situations where their teams might actually be willing to trade them. So three names. Jameis Winston, who's on the Saints. 
Mitch Trubisky, who's on the Steelers, and Cooper Rush, who played pretty well in relief of Dak Prescott last year. He's on the Cowboys. Let's start with those three names. Any of those doing anything for you? Not really. I mean, are, do you think that any of them are any better than no. than what they already have? Well, I don't. Mitch, like Cooper Rush, for example. Cooper Rush might be able to come in and just avoid turning the ball over better than Zach Wilson can, and that might be the Jets' goal because you saw the defense, and Brees Hall looked awesome, and Garrett Wilson looks great. Maybe they just want the safest possible option that'll never turn the ball over and never do something dumb. Zach Wilson's not that guy, so maybe Cooper Rush, maybe that makes sense. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, is Cooper, put it this way, you still have Tim Boyle. Yep. Tim Boyle's the backup to, to, to Wilson, to Zach Wilson. So, I, no, I don't think Cooper Rush is the next guy. All right. I would tend to agree with you. Those are just three names. Now, I have another four names. These are backups around the league, but the problem is these guys are veteran backups and they're playing behind a rookie quarterback so their teams probably don't want to get rid of them because they're probably in some sort of a mentor role and that is case keenum in houston andy dalton in carolina jacoby Brissett, who's on the commanders and gardner Minshew, who's on the colts they're all playing behind rookies so the teams might be a little bit less likely to trade them but maybe any of those guys do anything for you don't sound Not so really. excited bill <laughs> i'm trying to think of who's got an upside you know what i mean is, is there anybody better than what they have in that system? Zach Wilson was was a first-round draft choice. Yeah, he became kind of a petulant ass last year and lost the team, lost the coaching staff. You know, they clearly didn't trust him last night when he came in. I mean, you watched the play calling. It was like, you know, drop back, handoff, drop back, handoff, threw one pass, got picked, drop back, handoff, drop back, handoff. Even, and it wasn't until the end to finally where Garrett Wilson said, "Let come to me, let's, let's do this, I'll get this done. And they hit Garrett Wilson for a couple of passes and that incredible touchdown catch that he had laying on his back in the end zone that they finally said, oh, maybe he could throw the ball a little bit. We'll go a little bit. But, yeah, you know, I mean, do I, are any, any of those guys going to come in and take over this system better? You know what I mean? And how much of a reclamation did Aaron Rodgers do on the image, likeness, or communication ability of Zach Wilson and the team when Zach Wilson looks at Aaron Rodgers and say, okay, this is how you're supposed to handle yourself, not like a petulant, whiny baby. So, Did he re-earn the respect of his teammates? Totally. Robert Sala said last night that Zach Wilson's going to be the starter. We'll see. Diana Rossini reported today that they've begun reaching out to veteran quarterbacks. So maybe Zach Wilson is the starter and they're loyal to him until they find someone that they like better. You're only as loyal as your options, I believe Chris Rock right. once said that. So we'll see if they have any good options. Three guys who are free agents. Let me know if these guys do anything for you. Carson Wentz, Joe Flacco, who's played there before, and Nick Foles, who's a free agent. He was released by Indy back in May. Car Carson Wentz would be the guy I'd go get, and he doesn't have to be your starter. But Carson Wentz has got a little bit of a proven track record when he was early on in Philly, and he was playing extremely well when he went down with the injury. But it was Nick Foles who came in and won him the championship. So thus, Nick Foles ended up battling Carson Wentz for the job, and we know how that went. And then Carson Wentz, he went off and, look, I think his completion percentage is like 62 or 63%. It's not terrible. He, he doesn't throw the ball into harm's way on a consistent. But the biggest thing for me is you got to find somebody who's a little bit, he's, what, 31 years old, he can still move. But with this offensive line, and he, he can get rid of the football. And so, I, to me, it's like I, I would go with Carson Wentz as a backup. Sure. As a veteran backup at this point.
Carson Wentz has become the quarterback, even for a short amount of time, that they were hoping Zach Wilson could be, right? Make right. some wild throws, off-schedule plays, but has the arm talent you know, to actually make the plays. I don't know. Carson Wentz holds on to the ball for a long time, and that's what ultimately got Aaron Rodgers popped last night. So maybe right. we'll see. I, I don't doubt that they'll call. A couple of guys, could we lure these guys out of retirement? Uh, I have a couple of names. They are progressively more and more unrealistic as I go down the list. Matt Ryan, who's at CBS. Ryan Fitzpatrick, who retired in 2022. Harvard guy, though. Smart guy. Maybe could pick up the system. Right. Uh, and maybe put a phone call into Andrew Luck and or Tom Brady. Been retired. Can't hurt, right? <laughs> maybe. Just try. Yeah. Uh, no. All of them are older. They're slower. You. you and I, That's what I'm saying. That's why Carson Wentz is probably, to me, the only kind of logical person to go get is because he's at least young enough to be able to move behind an offensive line that's just not that good and ultimately that offensive line or whatever the blocking scheme is and the question marks that they have about chop blocking or cut blocking or whatever you want to call it it's like no it it, it you, you got to find somebody that's a little bit mobile wants to get rid of the ball right away um and it, it is young enough to take a little bit of a beating because that's what you're going to get behind this craptastic offensive line. That's the one thing that they weren't able to overly address in the offseason, and that is bolstering that offensive line via the New York Jets. I mean, they just um, – I mean, they, they picked up, what is it, uh, Joe Tipman uh, to play center. Yeah. Um, they got a couple other guys, uh, but, they, you know, they went out and addressed some of that in the offseason. They got Dwayne Brown still and Tomlinson and Connor McGovern and uh, what is it uh, – uh, Elijah via Tucker, via Tucker, and you know, but it it's just not a good offensive line. They just didn't go out and do enough to bolster that, and that ultimately is what cost them. So, I forgot to I, mention Matt Flynn. Worth a phone call. Probably not in shape and ready for an NFL game, right? but you never know. Yeah, no. Call Matt him. Flynn. Yeah. Check in. Matt Flynn. You know, see if Favre wants to come back. See if Favre's ready to go. Now that the, you know he's been away from the game long enough to where he's kind of cleared the bats out of the belfry, so to speak, and he's not into the concussion protocol. Seneca Wallace, you know, another <laughs> name maybe. Just call them all. So, yeah, Seneca Wallace would be another one. that Didn't he go through the Mike McCarthy quarterback school? So he should be a better player too. You, that's what you, that's what you want. That's what you want. You want the list of graduates from the Mike McCarthy quarterback school. <laughs> Email Mike and have him send transcripts over. That's a good idea. Right, yes. right. That might be the direction I'd go. Yeah. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. That's the guys that could possibly replace Aaron Rodgers. But I think if you're – I still go back to what Garrett Wilson said at half uh, or at the postgame show, but he said uh, at, at halftime Zach Wilson came and rallied us after everybody was worried about Rodgers and what was going on, and, and that was their focus, that Garrett Wilson came in and rallied us. And so – We'll, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see if uh, Garrett Wilson is able to take anything that he learned via the hard knocks debut of the New York Jets and Aaron Rodgers, uh, if he learned anything in leadership and is able to take that and move forward. I, you know, who knows? I, I think it's interesting that many seem to think that Rodgers is going to be there every day. Uh, I, I mean, I don't specifically know how all of that works, but once a guy's done for the season – Unless you're going in every day to do some kind of rehab, and for a while they're going to do the surgery, you would assume, and then then rehab begins. But some of that takes place in physical therapy offices. Other, other, sometimes it does take place at the at the facility. But I can't imagine that Rodgers is going to be there every day tutoring Garrett Wilson. 
or uh, tutoring Zach Wilson. I, I, I just, I, I find that, I find that, you know, I, I would find that almost shocking as well, that he would be there every day. Now, maybe over Zoom or something, he can talk to him or go over film with him or something, maybe in that sense. But, but beyond that, I can't. They, they were talking today, like he was going to be there, and I just, I found that kind of head shaking. Like you know better than that. You know, a guy loses. You know, into an injury for the remainder of the season, especially this early on, he's he's at home rehabbing. You know, he's he's got personal trainers and people, you know, nurses and doctors and stuff that he's seeing and team doctors. Yes, but you know, I don't know if he's still going to be hanging, even living in New York. You know, at that point. Yeah, if he's so, back in uh, California, I suppose his teammates could always call him, but they got to remember they can FaceTime only. Otherwise, yeah, that's the only thing him. you can do is you can't you can't call him, you mm-hmm. can't really text him because it's FaceTime only. You know. That I get. Uh, 877-867-1670. You want to find us, uh, give us a shout. You got a voice of opinion. That's the way to do it. Stick around. We got a whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show. It's all coming up right after this. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Back to Bill Michael's show on the air on this Tuesday, Tuesday edition. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Kane and Kane Jewelers. They want to rock your world. They're in West Bend, Wisconsin. And uh, I know the holidays are coming up. That's traditionally a time when you start to think about, I don't know, weddings, engagements, and all that kind of stuff, or maybe that uh, special gift for that special somebody. But keep them in mind, it's worth the trip to West Bend, Wisconsin. Or just uh, simply go to Kane, K-O-E-H-N, KaneJewelry.com. That's KaneJewelry.com. And uh, you can uh, see for yourself everything they have to offer, whether it's engagement rings, wedding rings, anniversary ring rings. They've got earrings, pendants, and necklaces, and all kinds of stuff. Uh, and if you want a private... Uh, private session they can even schedule an appointment for you to come in and take a look at uh, all the different assortment of things that they have but uh, they you can see it online and even subscribe to the buy like a guy podcast which is uh, right there on their website as well go to kane k-o-e-h-n kanejewelry.com that is kanejewelry.com kanejewelry.com um this one is from Jack, who said, uh, you were at the cigar dinner last night and said something about Dak Prescott not being that good. Correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't the Dallas Cowboys win 40 to nothing? Uh, can you please explain? I didn't catch all your comments after the fact. Had a great time last night. Thanks for doing these. They're a lot of fun. Always great to see everybody at the cigar dinners as well. First of all, thanks to Cortez's down in Kenosha. Holy mackerel. They uh, they do the prime rib dinner down there. They do prime. They offer prime rib, pork, or lasagna. And I have not tried the lasagna yet. I heard it's really, really good. But the prime rib is, it's like, you it's massive. It's like an inch thick, and it covers an entire plate. And they it, there's so much there. And then they box it up for you so you can take the rest home. And the dinner was great. And uh, thanks to our friends from uh, Monte Cristo who were down there last night. And, uh, oh, my goodness, uh, Altidus uh, Distributors 
because they had they brought the house. This was the last one of the year, and they emptied the prize closet. Man, they had some really cool stuff down there last night, and I think just about everybody walked away with a prize. So it was a lot of fun and a good time, and there was about 125 people in the house last night, so a bigger-than-normal crowd, but it sold out, and uh, all season long we've had a great time doing those, so thank you so much. So, yes, last night we had put the statistic up yesterday on the program that the number one team with the most pressures in the National Football League on Sunday or this past week in week one was, and that was the Dallas Cowboys. They had 36 pressures, quarterback pressures, on Sunday, Sunday night. The team with the second most was the Green Bay Packers. Now, the Dallas Cowboys sacked the hell out of Daniel Jones, and the Packers did not catch up to consistently Justin Fields. They got to him a couple of times, but that was it. But the Packers' defense had 35 pressures as opposed to the Cowboys' 36. And I said the defense basically won those games. But when you look at the quarterback play, I said if you just look statistically at the numbers, Jordan Love way outplayed, way outplayed Dak Prescott. And people are like, come on. Dak Prescott did not have a good day at the office. 13 of 24, 143 yards. That was it. That was it. No sacks. He wasn't really under duress. No touchdowns. No interceptions. But it was just a very average day. Tony Pollard got a couple of carries that plunged into the end zone. Turpin had the seven-yard run that got it into the end zone. The defense was scoring. But as far as being this impressive coming out and setting the world on fire performance, I guess the one good thing you can say about Dak Prescott, if you're a Cowboys fan, was, well, he didn't throw an interception. But – That's not saying much. You know, that's not saying much. So I'm, am I, am I wrong? Dak Prescott didn't do a whole lot coming off of a season in which he threw, what was it? 15 picks in a short amount of time for the amount of plays that he had and the way the season ended and all the anticipation coming into this year and how Dak was going to be this better version of Dak and it, okay well I, I guess the best thing you could say about his performance on Sunday was well at least he didn't throw a pick well that's not saying much so that's what I said was you know the the defense that stifling defense of Dallas uh, with Stephon Gilmore the addition they were they they were the ones that won the game it wasn't because Dak Prescott suddenly became this bigger and better quarterback you know I, so anyway uh, but that's what I, that's what I was referring to. But there, I'll tell you this though, when you look at it, a lot of disappointing perform- performances this past weekend. Kenny Pickett did not play well with all the expectations in Pittsburgh. No, uh, you did not get the best out of even Lamar Jackson. Even though the Ravens won twenty-five to nine, you didn't get the best out of him. Uh, Patrick Mahomes struggled a little bit, and we saw that. No Travis Kelsey, and obviously. Uh, Tony Kadarius Tony was awful when it came to catching the catching the football. But that being said, he did not perform great. Uh, God knows. I mean, Deshaun Watson. They won the game twenty four to three. Give them credit. And he was able to run and do some of the things that Deshaun Watson does. But he still, for the amount of money they're paying him, that was a lackluster performance. Joe Burrow was in that offensive line was bad, just bad. Um, who else? Uh, Gosh, uh, Russell Wilson, nothing to write home about there. 
Obviously, Aaron Rodgers going down only 75 seconds into the game. Dak Prescott didn't have a great game. Daniel Jones was under siege, but he sucked, basically. Um, you didn't have the uh, the resurgence when you talked about uh, the game up in Seattle, and I, I thought for sure that, you know, they'd kind of pick up where they left off, but no, that didn't happen either. You know, Geno Smith, 16 of 26, uh, 112 yards, you know, <laughs> 112 yards in the game. 112 yards. That was it. Matthew Stafford threw for 334. Didn't throw for a touchdown, but threw for 334, you know. And uh, the uh, the Rams ended up winning that contest and, and did it quite handily, 30-13. to 13. So there was some surprises and a lot of lackluster play. But then again, there's a lot of good football ahead for many of those quarterbacks. They always say the cream rises to the top. And some of these players, I mean, look at what Josh Allen did. I, I didn't even highlight Josh Allen yet. And Josh Allen sucked last night awful he couldn't have been anywhere Josh Allen and and here's the scary thing about Josh Allen is the bugaboo with him has been you're throwing you know you're throwing the ball away in the red zone and you're costing your team opportunities and down the stretch last year getting bounced out of the postseason you kind of saw a little bit of that again where he gets this I've got to get it all back I've got to make the big play moment and you kind of you appreciate the competitor in him but even last night, throwing the pick and going downfield, as far downfield as he did, underneath, there were guys open that had he thrown it to them, he's still moving the sticks, he's still possessing the football, and he's living to fight another day. But it, there's sometimes, with Josh Allen, it's like he's he's his own worst enemy. Like Dak Prescott was last year. He's his own worst enemy. Because... He just tries, and you you love the again. You don't want to diminish the competitive spirit, but you also have to say, dude, you got to be smart. You can't just wing it to wing it. That doesn't work all the time. And he's he cost his team last night. Josh Allen single handedly cost his team the game last night. You know they always say, well, you know you can't you can't win it as a single player, but you can certainly lose it as one. And you know, if I'm a betting man, I'm thinking Josh Allen might have had money on the Jets to win last night because he was terrible. It wasn't like he was just bad or off a little bit. It was like he was off in another world. You couldn't be that. You couldn't have tried to play that bad. You know what I mean, Grant? Bill, we're going to talk more about Josh Allen and buy or sell coming up. But seeing you were talking about quarterbacks, I want to bring this up. I think some of the most impressive wins in week one were led by quarterbacks that just kind of did make mistakes, threw the ball where it was supposed to go. Jared mm-hmm. Goff, Dak Prescott, Brock Purdy. I saw so many tweets about how awesome Brock Purdy looked, Bill. Brock Purdy's final stat line was 19 to 29 for 220 yards. Right? right. Jordan Love, much of the same. The the best wins in week one were quarterbacks who came in, understood the assignment, and, and didn't implode. That's what won in week one. Right. No, I agree. It was just get out of the gates steady. That was it. Don't don't go crazy. You're not going to look for, uh, you know, over the top consistently and all this downfield play and suddenly you're not going to earn your MVP award in week one. You can certainly lose it and give a bad impression, but you're not going to win it in week one. And the guys that were just the st- slow and steady wins the race. Those are the guys that won a lot of those games. I agree with you. 100%. I uh, got uh, this one. Who's this one from? This is from uh, Al. Al says, uh, hey, guys, uh, I think that Brock Purdy – is probably going to be an MVP candidate is Mr. Irrelevant. Do you agree? Speaking of Brock Purdy, 
Uh, he is just a guy that goes out and gets nothing but the job done. He doesn't turn the ball over. He doesn't get rattled too easy. And as long as the elbow holds up, he is going to be my MVP candidate. Al, no. Uh, Brock Purdy's going to one. He's going to have to do a lot more to even be considered an MVP candidate. And right now, I can't help but think that at the end of the day, it's still going to be a lot of the same old, same old. You're going to see Jalen Hurts. You're going to see Patrick Mahomes. You're going to see. Uh, although this year you could possibly talk about a guy like Garrett Wilson. You could talk about a guy like uh, Tariq Hill, Tua, um, Micah Parsons, I think, could play his way into a, an MVP conversation. Uh, I don't think Brock Purdy is going to be there. Unless we're starting to talk about it as as the season goes on, he really, really begins to emerge. I don't think you're going to see him discussed. And I'll be honest with you, I'll, I'll say this now. If Tua plays the way he did, out at SoFi Stadium this past weekend, all season long, you'd give it. And I'll say he proved me wrong all day long by that performance. I I didn't think Tua had that in him. I knew statistically last year before he got banged up, he was playing extremely well. I never thought Tua would be a good quarterback, but McDaniel uh, or Daniel uh, Daniels has been. He's kind of a gooey, goofy, like just emerging from his mom's basement savant of football. And he's had an impact. He's had a way to get through to him and, uh, and a way to, to be able to, to coach him to bring this understanding of the game to Tua. It just, so I give him all the credit in the world for, for the way they've kind of coached him up. Uh, let's do this. We'll step out. we got some buy or sell when we come back. Uh, standing by is our guy. Our guy. Standing by is our guy. Stay tuned. we got a whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show. Grant Bills, buy or sell, next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back. Good to have you. Bill Michael Show, continuing on. Here's something to think about, and we're going to get into buy or sell coming up here in just a minute. Um, <laughs> so I going back to Al's email, and he said Brock Purdy will win the MVP. Um, with the minimum number of attempts being at 100, Brock Purdy attempted 170 passes last year, completed 114 of them. He was a top-rated quarterback in quarterback rating last year. 13 touchdowns, four picks, six, uh, 11 sacks. Uh, if you look at completion percentage in the National Football League, Brock Purdy was number 10. If you look at average yards per completion, Brock Purdy was number 8. If you look at yards per game, Brock Purdy was further down the line. He was less than Jimmy Garoppolo was. Brock Purdy was 47th at 152.7 yards per game. So I don't know if he's done enough to warrant it, but when you look at his quarterback rating, okay, that you you I guess you could make an argument to say if you kind of extrapolate that out for an entire season, maybe Brock Purdy gets the job done. You look at his QBR, which is a different rating system, and Brock Purdy's further down the list. 
but I look at, I'm not going to say no, it could never happen. But I would think that Brock Purdy has a ways to go before you start talking about MVPs. But I, I can appreciate just by looking at the quarterback rating, if that's what you would judge it upon, you can say, yeah, there you go. Brock Purdy could be the guy. 877-867-1670. Uh, 877-867-1670. Um, coming up, let's do this. Buy or sell. Time to get to it. Grant Bills, what you got for us today? Oh, my gosh. What don't I have for you, Bill? I want to start right? with Josh Allen because last night was miserable, and I think most people are going to focus on the Rodgers injury, and rightfully so, but Josh Allen was so bad. We got to talk about it. He threw three interceptions last night, not on tipped balls or anything like that. They were all really bad interceptions. He also fumbled twice on one play. He got the yeah. first one back and then lost the second one after running into his own linemen. He has nine interceptions in his last five games, and he averages about two combined picks and fumbles a game. Buy or sell, Bill. This is harsh, but this is what we do on buy or sell. We've seen the best of Josh Allen, and he's closer to Jamarcus Russell than he is to Brett Favre. Oh, my God. That is a great question. I was sitting here, honestly, last night I was asking myself the same thing. Not to that extent. What I'm asking is Josh Allen now nosediving his career after having success and then, uh, you know, that game against Cincinnati in the postseason, that back and forth, it just uh, never really recovered. And then the game with Patrick Mahomes never recovered. It just I'm, – I'm, okay, I'm going to sell. Uh, I'm going to sell that he's he's crashing and burning. But I am now now raising an eyebrow to say, is, is, could we be witnessing the beginning of the end of Josh Allen? Because he just he looks lost, doesn't he? He just looks like he just doesn't know what the hell he's doing, and he's just winging it up. And at some point, you would figure you got to if you're the if if you're the Buffalo Bills. And you're sitting there with your quarterback just looking downfield like, I'm just going to wing it. I'm just going to throw it out. What the hell? At some point, Sean McDermott or Ken Dorsey, they got to pull him aside and say, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> you, what, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, are you are you even here? Because if you're not here, tell us. We'll sit you and let you figure it out. But I, at that point, I would say, what the hell are you doing? So I, I, I'm going to say no. I'm going to hold out hope that Josh Allen returns and he's going to bounce back and his highs can be incredibly high, so we'll see. But now I know why Stephon Diggs was yelling at him on the sideline last year. It's because, you know, he probably wasn't saying, get me the damn ball. He's probably saying, pull your head out of your rear end. Yeah. Saying, what are you doing? I had a far right? follow-up. I want to pick your brain a little bit about the mid-'90s because I wasn't around. I wasn't alive yet. But when Favre was at his peak and they were winning at a high level and they were winning championships, what was Favre doing when he was at his best what what could Josh Allen if Josh Allen were to sit down and do a film study on Favre and the good and the bad and and you know what he needs to tap into to get the most out of his arm Josh Allen what could he learn from Favre that seemingly he hasn't learned yet um Favre never ever ever lost confidence Favre believed until the day he retired he could throw a football through a wall and Josh Allen looks like a deer in the headlights that, that's it. Uh, the, it's the same. I mean, Favre, 
He from the day he took over to the day he retired, he was the exact same quarterback. He still slung it. He still ran around. He still tried to pick fights. He still tried to whoop your ass. But the difference uh, between Favre and, and Josh Allen is Favre never lost confidence, and I believe Josh Allen has. Did you see Josh Allen's press conference last night? Yeah. Yep. That was that was pathetic. That was, and they had him sitting in a little table off to the side, like he wasn't even <laughs> invited to the grown-ups table for Thanksgiving. You know, it was like, no, no, you don't even deserve to. They set up there. a card table for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like weird. So he's sitting over at this little table, going, "I just sucked. It was just that's me. I lost the game." You know, Favre never would have done that. Favre would have asked himself a bunch of questions at the post game. He would have said, "You know, did I play bad? Yeah, but I'm gonna come out and whoop some ass tomorrow. Yeah, I'm gonna do that." <laughs> then he's gonna go downstairs, fart in the locker room, blame it on somebody else, walk away. And then be back to being Brett Favre the next day. And don't forget, when Favre was winning championships, he also had Reggie White and Santana Dotson and Leroy Butler and Sean Jones. And you could go through that whole list and the gravedigger in the middle. I mean, they they he had a beast of a defense. And when they get Von Miller back, they'll have a beast of a defense. But he's got to be better than that, man. He was terrible. I like the confidence point. I, I didn't know what your answer was going to be about Favre because the easy answer is, well, don't throw picks. But Favre threw picks, and Allen is going to throw picks. picks. It's about making that brand of football the best it can possibly be, and I think confidence yep. is a big part of that. Buy or sell. Uh, Sam Monson, our friend from Pro Football Focus, tweeted last uh-huh. night, and this hit hard when I read this. This was a little bit of a shot at the Jets. He tweeted that it took the Jets' O-line three snaps to give up more pressures than the Packers allowed all game versus Chicago. Damn! Yeah, right? It's like, Jesus, the guy's getting carted off, and Sam Monson's like, well, just so you know, just taking shots. Buy or sell, the Packers' ability to put together a really good offensive line was underrated in discussions about how much help the Packers got for Rodgers over the years. Absolutely. Absolutely. He never had to worry about getting the hell beat out of him. I mean, unless there was mass injuries. But even, even, even Yash Nyman played well when David Bakhtiari was down. Not great, but well. And they have just been able to churn out good offensive lines. I don't know why, but they have. Um, <laughs> talk about dancing on the grave, man. Um, yeah, it's, you know, it, you talk about getting Rodgers the weapons. We talk about that all the time, but you know, if you go by the uh, the philosophy that many hold, and I agree with it, is if you put good guys. Now, here's the other thing to remember: they did get guys, but they didn't get guys of name, and therefore Rodgers wasn't happy about it. You look at what Jordan Love did; he spread the ball around. He gave guys opportunities. He ran the plays on point. So, Rodgers. I mean, even going back to last night, if you want to, as we decide, as we deciphered earlier today. Was and Shannon Sharp said uh, on I think it was first take uh, when he called Stephen A. Smith Skip. <laughs> I don't know if you heard that or not, but that was That's pretty so funny. funny. Uh, he said Rogers hangs onto the ball. That play was meant to get off right away, get rid of the damn ball, and he hung on to it and paid the price. So, you know, I, I don't know the specifics, but yeah, I mean, it's it's if you throw give the receivers an opportunity. Rather than constantly looking downfield, you know, yeah, you can have, you can have success. But if you look at that play last night, uh, Rodgers is back there, one Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi, and then all of a sudden he gets hit. And usually within two and a half seconds, you have to get rid of the football. And had he done that on the play as scheduled, 
he probably doesn't take the hit. Just something interesting to think about over the, with the Packers' last 10 years, and I've heard you talk about this, Bill, for years and years and years. It's not just that the Packers had to draft and develop good offensive linemen, but they developed a certain style of offensive linemen. Not big road yeah. graders, but guys right. who can sustain blocks and give Rodgers time to extend the play, which, you know, the report that came out today, Rodgers doesn't like cut blocking because it doesn't give him time to extend. The right. Packers did a pretty good job creating that environment for him over the years. Yep. Uh, it was always guys that could just take pass rushes and put it up into the horseshoe, so to speak, and take them up through the end of the horseshoe. And that's all you wanted to do. And it would give him an extra second. And then he had scramble capability and familiarity and such over time. But, yeah, they just were able to figure out guys that had a good technique of pass block. And, and he, clearly he wasn't ready for that. And the, the, the cut blocks and all, you know, whatever. But it, it's <laughs> – all of that culminated. It was the turf. It was the cut blocks. It was Rodgers hanging onto the ball too long. It doesn't matter. All of it culminated last night and had some tor- type of contributing factor into Aaron Rodgers going down. And then the pop as the uh, Achilles tendon blew out. So there you go. By yourself. One more. We can be quick. Bears safety Jaquan Brisker went on the score this morning in Chicago and said, this is a direct quote, Bears fans should have had our back a lot more and be patient. Now, my thought before I ask you a question, I feel like Bears fans maybe expected a little more after so many Bears players hyped this game up and kept talking about the rivalry and how it was their time. So maybe Bears players did this to themselves a little bit, but Bill, buy or sell, the Bears getting owned by the Packers stinks for the players and the fans, but the players talking as much as they did the last few months is making this so much worse. Buying it. Yeah. Buying it. I'll, I'll buy it for two reasons. One is the players basically were like, well, Aaron Rodgers isn't there to protect you anymore, whatever, you know. But the other aspect of that is the media, and we talked about this. Mike Clemens and I got into a discussion with a media member from Chicago in the press box who said the story that nobody wanted to talk about, nobody wanted to cover because all they wanted to do was prop him up was that Justin Fields had a really, and he put it, Essie, uh, you know the word, uh, training camp. And we, we started talking about it. He said, well, you know, he's got all the athletic talent. He's a, you know, really talented athlete and this and that. But he's, quote, he's not a Mensa, Mensa, member, uh, Mensa meeting member. And that told me all I needed to know. I said, that's exactly what I thought coming out of Ohio State. He's not the smartest. He's going to run around. Doesn't make decisions quick. He's a two-read guy, Max. That's it. And... They hyped him up. Like, here we go. Justin Fields, three years of experience, taking the next taking the next step. And they all bought into it. And, oh, by the way, no Aaron Rodgers, so this is going to be easy. We're going to win this game. And when the, when the Bears fans started booing, let's be honest, they weren't booing necessarily the entire team. They were booing that awful offense. I mean that crappy offense. The play calling sucked. The offense had no identity. The offensive line was getting owned. Justin Fields sucked. That's what they were booing. Was the hype for that? Uh, it, it, we were all. I mean, even even Mike Clemens and I were going. That was what they offered. That was that was what the Bears brought. It was terrible. We couldn't figure out if if we were talking about it. We talked about it with Pete Doherty. Is this the worst team in the National Football League? The Bears. That's all they brought on the opener. So that's the reason the fans were booing. So there you go. 
That's it. That's a great buy or sell. And I couldn't believe that quote. Be more patient. Why would they be more patient? You've been talking smack for two months. Oh, my God. They've been Uh. patient since 85. (laughs) Yeah. Also, it's been been nine straight losses, is it? Nine? They've had time to be patient. Yeah. They've been patient for a long time. All right. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. We're going to come back, wrap it up. What did we miss? Coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. What advice would you give somebody that you know that's window shopping? I'd have to say Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin plays at an MVP level in the replacement game. They came in ahead of time, measured all the windows, make sure they had all of the measurements. When the Pella people left, you had no idea they had been here. You just had the new window. They're great professionals, Gina, and some of the best in the world at what they do. Right now, pay as low as $19 a month per window or $75 per month on patio doors. Visit PellaWI.com today. Pella's team of expert installers start with an in-home consultation and finish with no hassle or mess, leaving nothing but perfect results that stand the test of time. Right now at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin, pay as low as $19 per window and $75 per month on patio doors. Visit PellaWI.com today. $6.99 $6.99 APR for 120 months. Certain restrictions apply. See showroom for details. Offers end at 9-30-2023. If you're thinking, uh, coming up here towards uh, the colder months of February, January, what have you, and on, uh, and you're thinking about getting away, now's the time to start thinking about that trip. And if you're thinking about it, you don't have all the money up front, but you want to pay a little at a time and get that trip paid off, get a hold of our friends over at uh, Cruise Planners, Cruise and Land of Vacations, whether it's the all-inclusive in Mexico or you want to take a cruise in the Bahamas or something. Kirk and the gang there, they can help you out. 262, right here in the state of Wisconsin. 262-344-0697. 262-344-0697. Whether it's getting a family reunion together or it's taking the trip of a lifetime, they can help you out with everything, including financing. Call them 262-344-0697. Uh, Grant, what do we miss today? What do we not talk about? Because I think we covered damn near everything. Well, we, we, I mean, a fantastic show, Bill. I know it's not done yet, but cheers. You did an excellent job today. We covered plenty of ground. Thank a you, couple sir. of random things. I don't know if you saw this yesterday. DraftKings was trending because they offered a never forget parlay in honor of 9-11. It was the Mets, the Yankees, and the Jets to all win. Uh, and they took some flack for that, I think rightfully so, and uh, removed it from their site. So, hmm. DraftKings. I did not see that. Uh, but, yeah, that is uh, incredibly bad taste, and it's far too soon. I know it's, what, 22 years, 23 years, but it's far too soon. I think Fox did that thing with their graphic uh, last year during the Subway Series where they put the Mets and the, the Yankees logo in the spots at grounds. It's just leave 9-11 alone. Just don't do not yeah. do anything with it. Yeah. Uh, some cap charges, important details to mention before the end of the show. Aaron Rodgers comes off the books uh, for the Packers after this season. They're paying him $40 million this year, but for the Jets – Eight million this year, seventeen million next year, and in twenty twenty five they will owe him, as it currently stands, fifty one million dollars. Now the dead cap money in that though, if he say should retire, uh-huh. the guaranteed money then comes due, and that would crush them. 
So they're going to have to figure something out there. I don't know exactly how it works. And maybe at some point, you know, we talked to a, a cap expert about such a thing. I just know that at some point that money's all going to Rogers and sooner or later, they're going to have to pay him a boatload of yeah. money. And now his career is in question at, you know, yeah. Achilles at age 40. There, there could be like a medical buyout and something like that too. Sure. I don't know what the insurance is, but there would be a medical buyout there. Sure. And uh, the last thing, cause I know we're running out of time here. Uh, Bob Nightingale put out a story at USA today this afternoon about David Stearns going to the Brewers, and he also included this. It might have buried the lead a little bit, at least for us. Stearns is also responsible for hiring manager Craig Council, whose contract expires after this season. Council is expected to step down as manager, but while there's speculation he could join Stearns in New York, he will likely sit out the 2024 season to be with his family. Is Bob reporting that? Bob, yeah. And, you know, that's what I put it this way. I mean, many people are kind of thinking that because otherwise you would just if you believe you're coming back, you would sign. Now, I know they've left it up to to, to Craig for the end of the season and such to make that determination. But, yeah, it, it certainly seems like uh, Craig Council is is not going to be sitting as the skipper of the Milwaukee Brewers in the dugout next season, um, which is sad because I was. I was really kind of hoping he'd just say, you know what, I, I've got the I've got the gift. I want to come back. I've got the energy. I've got the enthusiasm. I want to be a part of this. But I don't know, other than maybe just the, the – and who knows, because it could be the family saying, hey, Dad, come on, man. You've been doing this your whole life, and we're now going to college, and you're still not coming to see us play. Are you kidding me? You know, could be the wife. I mean, who knows? Saying, let's do this. Let's go be a family and, you know, put baseball away. You've made enough money. You've done enough. You've won World Series. You've done everything you needed to do. Let's go. Come on. So who knows? Great stuff today. We're back at it again tomorrow. And tomorrow night, it's the Bill Michaels Huddle as well. Six to eight, all football all the time. Recapping the week and looking ahead to Thursday night. A lot of good stuff. A lot of good stuff. Don't forget about that. Six to eight tomorrow night, the huddle gets underway. Time for for us to go until we talk again 20 hours from now. Time for us to get out of here. Have a going. Swoop.